You are listening to the audio portion of the QB Power Hour webinar series. The QB Power Hour is a free bi-weekly webinar series for accounting professionals presented by Michelle Long and Dan DeLong, who are very passionate about the industry, QuickBooks, and apps that integrate with QuickBooks. You can find out all the details about the webinar series at qbpowerhour.com. So without further ado, here's Michelle and Dan. Well, I'm really excited, though, that, uh, that we're here um, here today for an, another QB Power Hour. Michelle and I are, are going to be joined by, uh, by some folks from, from Webgility um, talking about e-commerce and, and simplifying the e-commerce accounting uh, with, some, with some of their solutions. So, um, Michelle, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, my name is Michelle Long, CPA with an MBA in entrepreneurship, owner of Long for Success. I've been a speaker and a trainer for Intuit since 2007, so quite a long time. And I started teaching QuickBooks back in 1999. So I love um, having you guys all joining us today. If you're interested in learning more about QuickBooks or starting your own practice, check out some of my books. Those are available on Amazon. There's the links to the Facebook group. As always, we'd love to have you join us there to continue the conversation. And that's enough about me, Dan. Let's hear about you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, my name is Dan DeLong. I am an owner and founder of DanWith, where we transform businesses through technology. And one of those ways is uh, with Webgility. So I'm really glad that they're they're here to talk about uh, what what they what they can do for you. Uh, formerly of of Intuit, uh, worked there for about uh, 18 years in the technical support training. Uh, technical writer, uh, really proficient in all things, uh, all things in the Intuit ecosystem. Um, and my new project is a new partner and chief content creator at uh, school bookkeeping, school of bookkeeping.com. Uh, so a few details about the QB power hour, a little housekeeping. Uh, of course, remember to keep your questions in the Q and a rather than the chat. Uh, so we do have some extra folks here um, monitoring the, the Q and a. So as we get into some of the things that, that uh, Webgility will do, and you have those questions, funnel them into the, the Q&A portion of that, and then we can broadcast out those questions or answer them live on the webinar. Uh, so today, of course, we're going to be talking about simplifying accounting and e-commerce. Uh, in uh, July, we'll have a QBO advanced case studies with a roundtable panel discussion with some of the industry leaders uh, in, in the that, that are using uh, QBO Advance for their clients. So it's a third of the fourth in their series of QBO Advanced. Uh, then we'll also have a, a niche nuance uh, focusing on the legal, uh, the legal industry. So uh, you'll have, uh, we'll actually have a legal professional. Uh, he's not billing us, by the way. Um, <laughs> we'll have a legal professional come in, talk about some of the things that he's experienced as a business owner. Uh, but then we'll also have uh, Linda Artisani come in and, and talk about some of the accounting nuances of that. And then we'll have the QBO roadmap for advance. So uh, where is QBO advance going? Um, so as always, um, you can access the PDF of the slides. Uh, they're in the link. Um, I tried to update the, uh, the emails that come out. So to make sure that those links are, are included. So if they're not, please let us know. Uh, but you can also access prior recordings and the podcast as well. So let's get into uh, some of the things that we want to talk about. Now, we, uh, we, we did have a couple niche nuances in the past that really kind of talk about this, this idea in general. Uh, so we had one with, uh, with an industry leader, uh, Veronica Wasik. She, she did a great um, 
Awesome. T- talk about some of the, 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 the nuances of that industry that make it very challenging. And uh, one of the things I was listening to it uh, yesterday and, and one of the things is about e-commerce in general that really kind of strikes, strikes me is it's uh, it's, it's the large things that we uh, in, in the industry tend to shy away from, you know, inventory, <laughs> sales tax, <laughs> um, and then selling online and all of that uh, shipping uh, a lot of the, the, the business workflows that really make this a complicated um, industry to, to really find a, a niche in. So she had, she had a great, great talk about that and, and some of her processes of how she, um, you know, works with her clients to, to simplify those uh, for her. So if you, if you want to watch that again, of course, we, we provided a link to the, to the replay. And then you know, we had, go ahead. You know, I was just going to say, Dan, you know, one of the great things, like you said, this is very complicated and there's a lot of issues that come up and stuff. And she did share a lot of good tips that she's learned over the years of, you know, don't do this or this is the best practice and things. So it is very worthwhile to listen to, to that one, as well as this one here with Will English, if you want to yeah, update them on yeah, this so, one. So, um, so Veronica really focuses in the, the QBO space of where, where the accounting is, is going to lie. And then Will, he came on and talked about the nuances of retail. Um, and, and he really focuses on QuickBooks point of sale. Uh, so it really could depend on what, what product you really want to, uh, you really want to work with the most and then kind of build, build your practice around that. Um, so that you you provide the best solution based on what you're most familiar with. So we have the the replay about that as well. And then Michelle, you wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Avalara as well. Yes, yes. I want I wanted to remind everybody. You know, when we're talking about e-commerce, and especially now more than ever, this is a great area to get into because with the COVID and, and all the shutdown and everything that's been going on affecting these businesses, more and more of these small businesses, if they weren't selling online previously, they are now, or they're trying to now, or they've moved to that and stuff. And especially what'll happen is they'll try to do it on their own. And then they realize how complex it really is. And, you know, my shipping app is not talking with my uh, e-commerce app. And this is, none of this is talking with QuickBooks and am I tracking sales tax properly? And it's just made everything much more complex when all they want to do is sell their goods, right? And so this has created more and more opportunities for us right now um, to really specialize in this area because it's always been a, a good area, but even more so now, more than ever, there's a lot of opportunities out there for us. One thing I did want to mention as Dan was talking about previous webinars that we've done with the QB Power Hour, Avalara sponsored one at the end of March, and I'll put the link in here for everyone so you can go back and check it out. Because one thing in this area that is critical is the sales tax issue. Because if you're shipping goods and making sales all across the United States, you're dealing with a variety of sales tax laws because there's city, state, and local. So there's just innumerable sales tax laws. And uh, the um, South Dakota versus the Wayfair rule, the Wayfair rules, what everybody calls it, really has impacted this area because now if you sell a certain amount in different states, you have to collect sales tax for that state. So I think it was like $100,000 
or you have 200 sales. So if you're an online retailer and you have over 200 individual sales to a particular state, you now are liable for collecting and remitting and filing the sales taxes. And so that Avalara webinar, he went over that ruling and how it impacts these small businesses. And so I really encourage you to watch it as well because this is a great area for you, for your practice to specialize in. And that's one reason I'm thrilled that we've got Webgility with us today because they can really help you sim simplify that process and streamline and make all of these individual apps work together. Colin's going to go over some of this with you. Um, but those three webinars that we've mentioned are great kind of additional resources that I, I would encourage all of you to check out. Yeah, that's a, a great ad there because uh, sales tax is one of those things that you, you, you don't want to drop the ball on. Um, right. And, and well, one of the things that he talked about during that is like, you could actually have two houses on the same street, right. Be in different tax jurisdictions. Um, and that's impossible for you to know, especially when you, now you're adding in, uh, you know, you're not even in that state. Well, and so one more thing on this, because it is such a critical area. So like you said, the address and the house can be different, but also like a Hershey's candy bar is considered candy and it's taxed at one rate. But if you have almonds in it, now it's food and it's taxed at a different rate or fluoride toothpaste versus non-fluoride toothpaste. The thing is with this automated sales tax that they have in QuickBooks now, that scares me to death because I as an accounting professional don't know all those details. And if I set up the automated sales tax in QuickBooks and I get it wrong and now they get audited in a year or two or three years from now and they find out you didn't collect sales tax, you owe all these back taxes, who are they going to come to? Who are they going to point the finger at? They're going to come after me. I don't want that liability and that responsibility. And if anybody wants to see how bad it can get, just Google. It was, I think, Oregon, either Oregon or Washington State mattress company sales taxes. A company was delivering mattresses across the state line, and that created Nexus. They hadn't been collecting sales taxes. I mean, they owed millions and millions. The company went out of business. And so it is a really critical area and we've got resources that you can need and all of this works with Webgility to help ensure that things are being tracked and accurate and all that stuff. So yeah, now that you've scared everybody <laughs> on the webinar. <laughs> like, oh caution on the sales tax. Forget it. Well, that's where though you need things like Avalara and Web, uh, Webgility. You need these things to help in this area. You can't try to do it yourself. You got to have an app for that. So let's launch the first uh, first of poll questions. What version of QuickBooks are you using? Uh, so let me go ahead and launch that because you know we talked about you know Veronica she focuses mostly on on QuickBooks Online and, and Will who focuses on QuickBooks Point of Sale. Um, the, the the one of the great parts and and I'm sure I'm stealing a little bit of Colin's thunder is that Webgility works with all of them, so it's a great place to to set up and like, it doesn't matter what version. So if this is something that you're going to be uh, implementing as, as part of your practice uh, and you're, you're familiar with all of the, the Intuit ecosystem or a client comes to you and say, well, I have QuickBooks point of sale. Okay. Well, you can still use uh, something like Webgility because it doesn't matter. It will go right. to it. 
Well, and Dan, what I love too is, is regardless of what the client's using, because that's usually what happens is they're already using something and now they've started selling on Amazon. They've started selling on, you know, e-commerce sites and, and they may have gotten a shopping cart and they may have a shipping app and they have all these incongruent pieces and none of them are talking together. And that's where I love Webgility coming in and bringing it all together and streamlining that flow. And I love keeping the details out of QuickBooks and just posting that summary data. So I'm really thrilled to have Webgility sharing this stuff with us today. Awesome, so let me go ahead and uh, close out the poll. Looks like uh, most folks have answered and we'll share the results. So yeah, 62%, um, both QuickBooks desktop and online. So good news, this will work for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and, and even uh, a few percentage, uh, point of a uh, nod, uh, QuickBooks point of sale. So. Awesome. So let me stop sharing here. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to stop sharing altogether. And Colin, I'll let you take it away. Sorry, give me one moment to share myself here. Okay. So you can go ahead and introduce uh, the folks that are joining us here. And, and an interesting um, tidbit, uh, we found out like five minutes before the webinar that Colin and I went to the same college. <laughs> Not Indeed. at the same time, probably. But... <laughs> Yes. So hello, everyone. My name is Colin Cates. I'm a senior product manager here at Webgility. Uh, I've been working at Webgility for about closing in on six years now, uh, but I've been working with e-commerce businesses and uh, the retail industry and folks on QuickBooks for close to 10 years now. Uh, and Erica is our, Erica Ward, our partner manager is also joining us. I'll let her introduce herself now. <laughs> Hey everyone. Um, so I've been with Webgility since last year and I came here to start the, the partner program um, and really just kind of finalize a quality training program to get people on board with Webgility. Uh, I have about a decade of partner management experience. So we have a second poll question for you to follow up on that QuickBooks question, <clears throat> which uh, is to see uh, how have you been, or how have you seen your business or sort of your client's business change in the last three months? Have you seen an increase, a decrease? More of those clients have begun selling online. Um, you know, there's, there's kind of a couple different possibilities there. So let's just see what you guys have seen. Yeah, and that really kind of speaks to what Michelle was saying about, you know, some, some people have ventured into this as a way to pivot or, um, you know, just survive, you know, if they can't, <laughs> if they got to have their doors closed or, um, you know, can't have people in inside, um, how do they, how, how have they uh, survived and, and, and uh, changed during this, during this time. Uh, whereas uh, what, what, um, what we've been talking about on the QBO advanced series is like, you know, those conversations that are someday are now today. Right. Yeah, exactly. It really has, I think, made accounting complex, more complex with all these changes because these businesses are pivoting. I need different revenue streams. I need to think of different ways to get my goods to my customers. And so I think more of them are starting to sell online or do the pickups or whatever, but they are changing this as a necessity. And as part of that, it's making their accounting needs more complex. And I, like I said earlier, this is just a great opportunity for us right now to be able to help these clients. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's just, there is a lot of, there's so much confusion around it. Um, you know, not only because of the, the nuance that's involved in any e-commerce business, but in the actual uh, goods and services that a potential client is selling can vary, you know, greatly with what they need to actually accomplish online then too. So. 
All right, well, let me go ahead and uh, close out the poll and share the results. Uh, it's pretty spread across the board. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, almost a dead even split between an increase and a decrease. So I'm sure that has something to do with what that business is all about. Sure. Um, and uh, but the, the leader there, I'm looking for techno new technologies to make my business more efficient. Is that it's uh, exactly what, you know, we're hoping to, to illustrate here today. Yes. And so we will jump to uh, just our, our introduction to Webgility here. So if you haven't heard of Webgility before, uh, we are the number one automation software for e-commerce for sellers on QuickBooks. Um, you can find, you can see uh, some of our partners kind of listed there with G2 Crowd and uh, Shopify and Magento. Um, so you'll find uh, lots of uh, reviews and things like that about our our software there, but uh, we connect to a large amount of, of different connections for over 5,000 customers. Uh, and we've been partner partnered with Intuit. We do work with uh, a, a few other systems like Zero and things like that, but QuickBooks and Intuit have always been our sweet spot and always the, uh, the main accounting software that we've worked with. Uh, so the, the process of connecting Webgility like we've been talking about here is really to bring in all of that e-commerce data for e-commerce analytics and inventory and shipping, all of those different processes. But the first step to that is really connecting to all these different potential sources. And that's what Webgility really excels at is connecting to things like Shopify and Amazon stamps.com for shipment processing. You can see, you know, a couple of the examples here. We connect to really over hundreds of things, all with the same purpose of aggregating and pulling in that data into sort of a unified source so that that data can be translated into QuickBooks with ease and, and through automation rather than kind of uh, painstaking detail that it would otherwise take. And Colin, I love that slide because, yeah. you know, a lot of times we talk about tech stack, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I think this slide is, is a great visual because all of these individual apps aren't connecting with QuickBooks. Like you don't connect Shopify directly to QuickBooks and stamps.com mm -hmm. directly or your shipping apps directly. You, you have the webgility that creates the connection. And I just think it's so much smoother and streamlined and I think it's less problems. I mean, you don't have issues with apps not not working well together like we used to with desktop. Um, we don't have that when we're, look, we're working with these online apps and this tech yeah. stack here. I love that image to kind of show how it all does then connect to QuickBooks. Yeah, it's a very yes. good way to articulate it because like you said, I mean, these things just fat, they flat out don't connect at least not in the way that you would need to in order to really get that information across and then you know when you start to think about just like uh you know we have listed on there ups stamps and fedex those are all examples of different shipping providers but they each do things a little bit different so when you go and you know look for their information it's not you know when you're going and doing it yourself it's not exactly right in front of your face to go and pull all of that information even though you're just looking at shipping fees from different shipping providers um so that's yeah that's definitely what uh, i i'm glad that this articulates that that way <laughs> yeah well, and, and one, go one ahead. of the other things is that as a as a, an e-commerce you know somebody gets into e-commerce and they want to choose other other channels like Etsy or uh, or Amazon, uh, they they can still do that and not have to now change their 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 re overhaul their system totally uh, because Webagility will do will handle that. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. 
And furthermore, kind of adding on to that on the next slide here, you'll see, so, you know, today I'd like to focus in our demo on primarily sort of the e-commerce accounting aspect and the automation of that. Uh, but you can see here that uh, our product does really offer a lot more capability within itself and with the capabilities of QuickBooks. So um, everything from the basic actual sales and, and refund and fee tracking all the way up through actual order management and uh, you know things like shipping and fulfillment and phone orders as well as inventory tracking um, and syncing, which is usually one of the other primary concerns there of uh, especially a, a retail business that's moving online if they have inventory that sometimes is in smaller quantities uh, as far as availability, making sure that that inventory stays in sync with whatever sales channel that they're selling on. That's also something that we can kind of help take care of there. And now we will jump into our demo here. So uh, Webgility Online version 6 is our latest version of our online product. And I have it right here in the background. I think you guys can see that now. Yes. Uh, so with uh, Webgility, actually, let me back out here to the connection screen, uh, which is like we were just talking about. The, the initial step of when you first log into Webgility or when anyone logs into Webgility, you'd see the ability to connect your accounting system and at least one of your first sales channels. So you can see on, uh, this is again on the, on the online product on one of our lighter plans. We have a, a several sets of, of plans that escalate in complexity and in, in uh, different sort of business need there. But looking at our lighter plan just on the e-commerce accounting sync aspect, when you first come in, you're really looking at connecting your accounting system those sales channels, potentially the payment providers or payment uh, uh, sources for those sales channels, as well as your shipping providers, uh, ShipStation or Shipping Easy. If I click here, you'll see those. Uh, which ShipStation and Shipping Easy are aggregators, just like Webgility, that can also pro they basically only process shipments though, or they're focused on the processing of those orders shipments. So the fees from those shipments can be pulled into Webgility here. The fees from those payment providers, and then of course all of the order inventory. Uh, and refund and fee data that happens directly on the sales channel when customers are placing orders. So that's and, kind of how we get all of that data. And Colin, if there's a sales channel that somebody's using that they don't see listed, is that something that they can contact you to see if you all can create that integration? Like somebody mentioned in the chat that, you know, they sell um, farm, they have a farm and they sell at farmer's markets. And she said there, there's few solutions where farm focused software integrates with QBO. Mm. Is that something where you all may be able to create a, uh, an integration? Definitely, yeah. And at least, at the very least, even if we can't create a direct integration, direct integrations to these different sales channel platforms do take sometimes quite a long time to build out depending on what we're talking about there. But there's definitely other uh, options available in a case like that. I mean, that's the type of client that we work with all the time we have for quite a long time. Um, where, for example, you know, uh, when I mentioned just briefly there on the slide deck, on our desktop uh, platform or as you kind of graduate up through the more complex plans, uh, we do have the capability of doing phone orders, for example, and kind of uh, 
I don't want to say manual order management, but order management from a channel that is not actually connected. So for example, if that person had just a CSV of order data, that's something that can be sort of injected into Webgility under a set of maps so that you don't have to adjust that over and over again, but that you'd be able to constantly sort of just re-upload a spreadsheet and let that spreadsheet uh, filter into Webgility or into QuickBooks as sales receipts, invoices, or potentially a journal entry. Yeah. Great. So you could set up you could set up that integration kind of like how it's going to ultimately land in QuickBooks, and then just bring that into a, into Webgility so that it feeds into it. Is that, is that right? Exactly. And let's actually look at that now in a example of of something that is already sort of flowing into Webgility. Um, so we'll come back. We'll actually come back to this screen here. I know the text is probably a little bit small for some of you on your screens. Um, but what we're looking at here is the ability under our accounting section to actually switch between journal entry posting versus transactional posting. Um, so journal entry posting, as all of you I'm sure are familiar with, is that uh, the ability to do a journal is going to make summarizing that financial data much more simple and, and uh, clean than doing multiple individual transactions. Um, so just looking at the journal entry setup, so, sort of what Dan was mentioning here, that uh, what we are actually doing in this configuration here, these are all of your product or your accounts from QuickBooks that you would be normally recording if you were to manually record a journal entry for this client or this company. Uh, you would go in and probably look at their sales, look at their refunds and all of that transactional data that's coming from the sales channel and make a journal into these, uh, these individual accounts that are existing in QuickBooks. And so what Webgility is doing with all of that sales channel data is aggregating it for you and kind of providing those maps for you. So the probably the easiest way to look at that is uh, like looking under the sales of product income area here where Webgility will summarize specifically all of the product charges that are being uh, put together from a, uh, a particular set of orders or refunds or fees and put all of those product charges into a single uh, line item to that account uh, to build that journal entry. So this process of mapping these accounts here within Webgility allows Webgility to aggregate and map all of the order data and sales data that's coming online before pushing that into QuickBooks into these accounts counts. And so Colin, I think it's important here to point out and, and just make sure people realize. So here we're, we're posting just summary totals in QuickBooks. We're not keeping inventory in QuickBooks. We're not recording customers in QuickBooks. We're not keeping that detail in there. Exactly. We're, just getting, we're just getting the general ledger totals. When we want reports, we're going to go over to Webgility and we can look at inventory and we can look at sales by product. So we're just posting a total here, but we can get the reports and the details. What are our most profitable items or what are which ones are selling the most and things like that. All the reporting and things like that is elsewhere. So actually, like totally. when you're setting up QuickBooks, you tell it you're not using inventory because you're not tracking it in QuickBooks. And mm -hmm. I think it's great because it just keeps it a lot cleaner. So thanks for, thanks for sharing this. I think this is helpful. Totally. Yeah. And thanks for, for kind of adding that there because yes, that is exactly right. As far as the sort of the, the summary of simplicity there is true. Um, and you can see, so uh, 
if I jump over to the, the second section of sort of the configuration here for journals, now I've made mine kind of extra complicated here for a little bit of testing purposes, but I want to explain to you what, what's sort of going on here because this is the other very important aspect of journals or the, maybe the, the most important part outside of those initial account mappings is the deposit of the journal and the, uh, the way that we do that deposit. So one of the confusing aspects and difficult aspects of doing accounting for these online stores is that orders travel through there at an incredibly fast rate potentially and through different payment providers and different payment sources. So within Webgility, you can see I'll actually jump back to our connections here for a moment and just look at this payment section again. So you can see I've actually only connected this Shopify payments processor here, which is reading orders that came from Shopify uh, that were actually paid for through that payment processor. And if I go back into my accounting settings here, I actually have added some other payment processors, which we'll talk about momentarily, but I have that actual Shopify payment processor here. And so essentially just to, you know, uh, sort of, uh, drill yourself back out for a moment to a higher level and imagine that all of the orders that are coming in uh, from that online store are going to be dictated as to what payment processor they were processed through by the payment method that is on the order. So for example, you can see at the very bottom here, what I've done is these are actual payment methods that are coming in from the online store. Um, you know, some of them maybe never get used if you don't have wholesale customers like net 30, but all of your real payment uh, methods that are used, even like a, a credit card like American Express or Visa, those payment methods will have some kind of unique identifier to them that tells you what payment processor they were actually processed through. And so what I've done here at the bottom of this is map my payment methods with my payment processors and Webgility will take all of the orders that have been processed by that payment method or payment processor and create a journal out of it so that that journal is separate from everything else. So in my example here, you can see I have added a bunch of other uh, unconnected payment processors that are not actually going through Webgility. However, due to their payment uh, method that the order will have, we are still able to separate them into different payment processors. So for example, I have Shopify payments here and I have Shopify payments connected to Webgility as well. When the orders for Shopify come into Webgility and are posted because of this payment processor, we will also be able to post the payment fees that came in at the time of, of the, uh, the order being placed. For the other payment processors, maybe you have a payment processor that doesn't connect to Webgility, um, like Braintree, or you know, there's, there's a million different payment processors out there. So we connect to a lot of them, but there's just too many of them to connect to all of them. So even if you have a payment processor that doesn't connect to Webgility, you can actually add, that's, uh, you can see I've added a bunch of them here, um, but you can actually add new payment processors here to Webgility group those payment methods into that processor. And what it will allow you to do is essentially be able to reconcile a lot easier from that payment processor uh, because of the fact that we've separated that uh, that order and refund data into a deposit account for that payment processor, even sans fees, if we aren't able to collect the fees for those, we've still been able to make a nice line in the sand for you of here is one entry with all of your revenue from Braintree and here's one entry with all of your revenue from PayPal, et cetera. Um, so it's a nice clean split that we're able to have there with also coming from the direct data coming from that online store. So. 
and you know, Colin, that's so important because people can spend so much time in this area trying to reconcile and trying to figure it all out and things yeah. like that. So that's a huge time saver. Another thing that's a huge time saver is the training that you all have available for us. And I think we're going to talk about that a little bit later, but the training mm. that you have to help people to learn, you know, how to set these things up and stuff. I love that you guys help us with those things. Definitely. Yeah, just, yeah. In the, just in the 10 minutes that you've explaining this, my head is exploding. With- <laughs> Um, and, and, and our questions are exploding as well. So there's a, there's, there's a couple things I, I would hope that maybe you could, you could answer uh, live. Um, so would this work with like restaurant online orders like Uber Eats, uh, those types of things that are, you know, that's now the new, new normal for, yeah. um, you know, ordering out, at least it was for, for a period of time. How th- does that integrate or can that integrate into? Good question. So, uh, we we don't actually integrate like with the Uber app or anything like that specific or like directly. But f- to that point, you know, most or many of those businesses are probably uh, that retail or um, or restaurant store is probably using something like Square potentially. Um, and so Square, for example, is actually one of our connections that can be added as a sales channel, which seems a little weird because, well, it is a, it's a POS system. So you're selling through it in your store. Um, and that's still probably where those online orders coming from Uber may be run through. Um, so in, you know, in any of those cases, if it's coming through like a system like Square, then we would be able to pull that same information directly in. Um, now with desktop, you know, there's still the, the option that if we can't pull it in, then if you can get an export of it, we can always sort of ingest that export and manage that for you going forward as long as you're able to continue to provide that export. Yeah. Gotcha. And then, um, you know, now what you're showing here is you had mentioned it's, it's more of like the light online. I mean, there's, there's, there's different levels and I know you're going to kind of talk about those, those types of things. So uh, as, as some people are bringing in questions that are a little bit more, detail oriented um, what you're showing here may not do what what they're asking it to but you may sure, have sure. a solution to be able to do that um, and one of the questions is is it is it, is it bi-directional uh, so like can you get information from quickbooks and put it into into webgility or feed that out to your to your online uh, sales channel yeah, very good question. So this, and like you said, it, to the point of what we're sort of uh, looking at here with journal entries and the way that we're posting these on like uh, this light plan, this is essentially a one-way sync where everything that's coming in is coming from that sales channel and going into QuickBooks. But we absolutely have lots of capability with two-way syncs in certain areas at more elevated plans. So for example, I can even switch this over to transactional accounting, which is something that uh, we can do consolidated posts of transactional accounting that are simplified, but we can do everything down to individual transaction posting. um, And with that, you're able to do that kind of thing. Um, You'd be able, so if I, when I'm on transactional posting, I can go to my product catalog. And here's where, like I mentioned in the intro slides, if I have my items matched up here, uh, those can actually have their inventory synced back and forth. So there's some things like that. Uh, On desktop, we can actually do product listing where the, if the product itself doesn't exist at all on the online store, we can take an item record from QuickBooks, modify it, add a little bit of information to it and create that as a product on the online store. Right. So just like, just like QuickBooks online at simple start essentials, you know, plus and advanced, 
you know, you really want to get an understanding of what it is that your client needs. And then the same thing with Webgility is a light pro and I'm probably butchering the, the so those were right though, have. actually, those are the first two. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I just, uh, I just stepped in that, um, you know, that, that may be require a, a, a more robust version of Webgility sure. to get the functionality that you need. Um, and then somebody did ask, what is the, version of QuickBook Online that you can synchronize to, uh, or do you need a specific version of QuickBooks Online in order to uh, to do that synchronization? So, very good uh, question. We'll, we'll work with Simple Start is really what they're what they're asking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and um, to be honest, I always daily I, I look at the, the QuickBooks page all the time, and I still forget the names of the QuickBooks plans. So, I may make some mistakes there too. But uh, the easy way to imagine it is that yes, we we connect to every QuickBooks online plan that's available. Um, there are basically the limitations that exist there are only the ones that are implied by QuickBooks basically. So, you know, on the very low, I, that's why I'm forgetting right now which plans exactly, but the very low end plans, I think don't even include expense tracking still in QuickBooks Online. So for example, if you connect that version with Webgility, you'd still be able to post things that are related to revenue. It's just we won't be able to post any expenses because you don't even have expense accounts. <laughs> I, I, Colin, I hate to say this, but I think you're confusing that with maybe, I think it was Wave that allowed you to do sales and invoicing only. Because sim QBO, oh, okay. yep. QBO Simple Start does allow you to track your income and your expenses and stuff. But oh, okay. it doesn't allow you to have things like accounts receivable or accounts payable. Ah, it doesn't ah. like, I mean, you don't even have an actual general ledger report. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's tracking the stuff in the background, but it is very limited and you can only have one user. So, you yeah, know, yeah. it is, it is very, very limited. So I, I don't think I recommend simple start for hardly anybody. Well, but. and that's, yeah. And that's what we've sort of said in the past as well is that it's, it's possible. It's just, I wouldn't recommend right. it because you're not, you're just not going to get the data that's not able to be there. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. And, and I mean, just class tracking alone would put somebody into plus for QuickBooks online. Sure. And they're probably going to want to know, especially if they're multi-channel, like selling out of their store versus their, uh, versus their e-commerce, or if they add more online channels, they want to know how each one's doing. And they Definitely. can do that with classes that you can't do in Simple Start or, or Essentials. Speaking of which, uh, and I'm happy to answer any more questions, but I was just going to use that as a segue to the next sort of section here, which is the optional uh, settings section of the journal entry, which does allow you to assign exactly that uh, classes as well as uh, sort of as an alternate, you could assign a customer. Some people like to do customer tracking for that. Um, but typically, yes, I would recommend class tracking uh, to be able to classify that entire journal under a sales channel. All right. So yeah, let me, we'll save a few more questions for me. Okay. When we right. <laughs> have we'll another let you get through stuff. Yeah. <laughs> sure. No problem. So yeah, that's, right, we I can wanted get into to the weeds really quickly here. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to jump into the, the kind of settings there so that we, we all are kind of on the same page about how that data is getting aggregated and put together first. And now let's actually kind of jump back and look at the orders and that data itself as it gets synced to QuickBooks. Um, so if I jump over, you can see I, clicked on the accounting section here where it's going to have these settlements, orders, and refunds. So settlements is something that's only going to show up uh, when you're using journal entries because that's the terminology that we're using to talk about these groups of journals that we're creating out of the orders and refunds and fees that you see there. 
So the settlements page is going to be the area where you're actually able to sync these journal entries. And you can see uh, I have mine configured to go on a weekly basis right now. And what's happened here is there's three of them for this week because it's actually automatically already separated out those batches uh, for my uh, payment processor mappings that I've done there. So, uh, and I can also, uh, before we actually post those, so like I said, this is going to be a group uh, of orders and refunds, all of the transactions processed from this Shopify store for that period of time. Um, and if you go over here to your orders and your uh, refunds tab, sort of something that Dan and Michelle both mentioned uh, earlier is that despite the, uh, the simplification of data and uh, summary that we're posting into QuickBooks to make that very simplistic and easy to manage, all of the original data is still sitting within Webgility. And so you can go investigate individual order details. You can investigate individual refunds. If I click open an order here, I'm not sure if I've really processed too many actual payments on this store. So yeah, there's not really too much great data on this particular order, um, but you can see there's uh, all of the details of an order from your store are going to show up here. Mine's a little bit scant because of being a test store, um, but you'd have all of your product data up here. Uh, everything like if uh, this order actually didn't have any shipping charge on it, but if it did, let me try and find another one. There's probably one here with that. Man, I'd like to go. order one of those ThinkPads for ten dollars. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, don't don't shop on our don't shop on our test store. I'm not sending you guys anything. So, <laughs> uh, but the the you'll see the so here's this is a little bit of a better example. There's um there's a few items in this order, and we have some uh, shipping income for the seller, shipping that was paid by the customer, uh, and then some taxes that were collected and even a discount that was applied. So you can see all of those granular gritty details are in there in the order details um, and things like the payment method and everything, uh, the history of the order. This one, of course, was only just downloaded. We haven't really done too much to it yet. Can you um, show that profitability? Yeah. Absolutely. Like yes. So the, and the profitability tab will uh, use as much information as it possibly can to sort of come up with uh, a profitability on this order for you. So again, it'll break down categorically those things that we saw within the order details. And then now in, in my example right here, it's not able to because I don't have any items mapped within QuickBooks. But if the seller is managing all of their inventory in QuickBooks and they are, you know, sort of matching and mapping those individual SKUs, then the order details here will be able to pull that cost from QuickBooks and show what the, what the actual cost of that product was there. Um, so it's basically, like I said, it's aggregating everything that is going through Webgility that's available to create this profitability estimate here. Nice. Yeah. yeah I, got, I got hung up on Brad Hall. I used to work with him at Intuit. So maybe oh, yeah. I wonder if he's the same person. Yeah, we do a lot of, uh, uh, you know, sort of random naming in our, in our test stores that we do. <laughs> uh, so now... If I look here at these uh, these settlements that I was ready to post, I actually have some that I've posted already, but let's grab one of these these weekly posts here and just go ahead and sync that across and see what happens. So 
all three were synced there. You can see they've jumped over to my completed tab, which now has 12 instead of nine in there. You can see actually, interestingly, I was posting daily before and now I've been posting weekly. So these are the new weekly entries that I made. Um, but we do have the option to post those journals on a daily basis, a weekly basis, and later we are going to release a monthly basis. Right now it's just weekly and daily. Um, so there's those new batches of, of transactions that I've posted as a journal. The one thing I wanted to touch on here before looking at QuickBooks is also for the settlements and the way that the settlements work is that because we're posting on a daily or a weekly frequency, you don't actually want to complete that journal or make that journal entry until that period has been closed. So this period not closed area here will show you essentially the preview of the journal that we're going to create for tomorrow. These are all of the orders that have been placed today and just the data that has filtered in for today that you can't, you can see, I can't like select this here or really do anything with it because it's not ready to post yet. The day is not complete yet. Um, but as soon as that day is complete, then it will show up in that pending tab and it's able to be posted here as a complete journal entry. So if I jump over to QuickBooks, whoops and go to my journal here. Let's go to this one was the first one I created there. So here's one of those end results. Um, this one I actually had going to undeposited funds. I collected my, uh, I had happened to map the payment processor fees to cost of goods sold. So you'd probably have a, a more specific payment processor account here for that. Um, but you can see sort of the line items that we've aggregated into here and the descriptions that are provided by those, uh, those aggregations that are made there. The other thing to keep in mind here is obviously it's only posting what data was available to it. So um, you, there might be some things that are missing here that you might expect to see on your normal uh, entries or orders that you do just as because they weren't included on my particular batch of orders. So for example, um, one of the categories that we're able to map uh, as far as accounting goes is the uh, customer redemptions area, which you can look at as like the usage of gift cards or gift certificates or store credit, right? Um, this journal entry doesn't have any area on it for customer redemptions. That's just because nobody used any gift cards during this particular period. But if it did, or if they did, there would be a line item entry here for that. Can you do um, different income, revenue, expenses by the different sales channels? Because um, I wasn't quite sure yes. I, I didn't see, catch that. No, no, good. Yeah, and, and good observation or, or good call out. We didn't, I didn't really branch too much into the multi-channel aspect of this, but you're exactly right. So up here in the top right, you can see the store dropdown area. And each of these configurations is highly unique, at least within its, within its own nature of being able to be configured separately, like you said. So uh, yeah. the, the actual ability to configure this is going to look exactly the same as Shopify. But just like you said, if I want Magento to be recorded totally separately to an entirely separate set of accounts, I can absolutely do that. Yeah. And I saw are, you able, are you able to um, know from looking at... at at Webgility, what journal entry that is over in, in QuickBooks, or do you have to kind of absolutely reconcile yes. that yourself? No, you should be able to. I think my examples are just a little bit simple here, which is why they probably don't look that familiar. But these transaction numbers here are the actual journal numbers there. So that's um, 
if I look at uh whoops, I keep I always do that for some reason and click on the wrong side over there. Um, so these journal numbers that are here are going to correspond to these exact okay. transaction numbers here. Yeah. So okay. now Colin, I I thought, go ahead. No, well, go ahead. <laughs> I <laughs> no, just I was going to ask, I saw, I saw that you had, um, Shopify as the class. So you're able to then do a P and L by class in QuickBooks. So you can see the profitability of these different shopping channels. And wouldn't that help you to determine whether, you know, you want to keep using that channel or not? Totally. Exactly. Yeah. And it allows you to do things like, um, you know, potentially keep some of those accounts together where you may have split them up previously just for reporting purposes when they truly are one account. But now, you know, you, they can be very easily classified, like you said, by the, the class of where, what channel that's coming from. Um, so absolutely. Yeah. And Veronica had a question. Can you track inventory using a summary journal entry as well? Good question. So the the simple answer is right now in WebGility, we haven't enabled any way to do that, like to do a, a cost tracking um, for that inventory. The main reason is I think, you know, some people are familiar with it on uh, Shopify, for example, and probably Amazon as well, um, where you're able to track that product cost. And the unfortunate part about that, and one of the reasons we've held off on that aspect of it from WebGility is that no online store, you know, we're, we've been talking about orders and refunds and things like that. Orders and refunds are things that all online stores generally process. That's kind of how we work in transactions online. But the, uh, the way that that is handled within different stores to actually handle that cost tracking is so varied and different from store to store that we don't want to create one system that only works for Shopify, for example, right? Um, so the that's the cost tracking aspect of it for the journal entry anyway, we've left out of the equation at this point until we're able to put a more unified system in there. Uh, now with transactional accounting, that's something to keep, to keep in mind with transactional. Transactional accounting is a little bit more difficult sometimes to reconcile depending on the number of transactions that are being processed and the, uh, the payment processors and things like that. But if a seller is utilizing QuickBooks inventory and they are using all of those items and things like that, they absolutely can opt for using transactional accounting, at which point you're dealing with all of that cost tracking just by entering those, uh, those bill of materials into, uh, into QuickBooks. And as WebGility is taking those sales out, we'll be removing the correct items that are actually attached to that cost. So you'll get natural cost reporting over time as inventory is being relieved. Uh, but within the journal, it's just a manual uh, like entry for that, uh, the product cost there, some kind of, of manual inventory summary. Yeah. That makes sense. I'll let you get back to your slides because I know you got some more great information. So we'll hold some of the questions until the very end for you. Sure. And, and yeah, that was, that's good timing because uh, I wanted to switch back now. We can always jump back later for questions into the, uh, into the demo or, you know, if I, if I need to show you guys something, I can always kind of pull that back up if I can. Um, but just moving on, so that's kind of the summary of the the journal entry posting there. Uh, this is a, a sort of a brand new feature for the uh, WebGility Online 6.0 uh, version there. Um, so we definitely are excited to have people get in there and start playing around with it more. Um, but yeah, I'd like to uh, pass it over to Erica now so that, uh, and Erica, would you like me to run your slide deck for you or do you want to share there? <laughs> 
I have it up already, so I'm ready okay. to take over from you. All right, we're good. Well, thank you for hanging out with us today, guys. I wanted to touch on our new WebGility Certified Partner Program. Um, and really, the, the main benefits of the program are, of course, going to be accessing the product for your customers, um, but really being able to help leverage our expertise. We know that e-commerce for a lot of customers is really new, and our team is made up of people that have been working in e-commerce for decades. Um, we also, of course, can help bring in some additional revenue to your business right now um, in the form of recurring revenue. And I'm going to dive into that a little bit more in just a minute. The program starts with personalized training. So I do all my training via trainingwell.com and a couple of one-on-one -on -one, uh, meetings that I would do with you. This, the training is going to cover our features of all of our products at a high level, uh, as well as how to sell the product and um, how to check out your customer online. During the completion of training, you get one of these beautiful badges, um, as well as an assigned channel sales executive. So you have a sales partner on our team and listing on the WebGility Certified Partner page. I know that Colin touched on a number of the integrations that we work with already. Um, we work with all the big players, but we do have over 100 integrations available to you. And that's something that we'll give you some more access to during training so you can reference that. We have four main plans. So Colin kind of touched on our Light and Pro plan today. We also have a very robust downloadable software version that is advanced and premium. And the training will uh, kind of take you on a quick tour of that, but I can also demo any of that to you individually afterwards if you would like to um, send me an email. Your customers also get a great experience when they sign up with WebGility. Um, you, your customers will get white glove implementation when they sign up for their desktop product. Everyone gets a dedicated customer success manager and they also will get trained. We, we know that the software um, is vital to their business. We want to make sure that everyone knows how to use it, how to run their business properly, and we set up those expectations from the beginning and continue it. We have also, of course, have an amazing support team you can see some pictures of them here. And they're available Monday through Friday, 7 to 6 p.m. Pacific time. So your customers will definitely be taken care of. This is just a quick snapshot of some of the customers that we have. Uh, Bases Loaded, I know, is also a, um, a QuickBooks point of sale customer that's been very vocal. So I'm sure you've seen Bases Loaded kind of around. Um, and we have dozens of written and video case studies as well as referenceable clients. So if you ever have a customer that wants to chat with someone in the same industry as them and just get um, some feedback from an outsider, I'm happy to connect that with you for you. So this is the exciting screen. <laughs> so I save it for the end. Um, as a certified partner, we know that you're opening up your book of business to us and that that is um, putting your name out there as well. So not only do we want to make sure that you're fully trained on our product and you have support from sales, but that you're getting some revenue for this. Um, I pay out 20% of recurring revenue for the life of an account. So if you close an account that pays $100 a month, you get $20 a month um, as long as they're with us. Those payouts happen quarterly from Bill.com. 
I'm sure most of you are familiar with Bill.com, but if you don't have an account with them already, that first payment will include a link to sign up. Um, and then there's about a one month delay on the payouts. So payouts for this quarter, for example, the ends in June, I'll be sending them out on about mid-July. Did anyone have any questions on that? I tried to kind of buzz through it. I think you got a, a little bit of a, um, there is someone that uh, was looking forward to setting them up as a, as a partner. They just set up a new client. So yes. <laughs> they have some, <laughs> they have well, some uh, uh, logistic questions. <laughs> yeah. And I just wanted to, to kind of reemphasize or clarify. So you guys provide training for us, the accounting professional, but you also provide training for our clients, right? Absolutely. And so let's say, you know, I do get a new client and I'm working with them and something comes up, you know, are you all there to help the pro advisors? Like if I have a question, I've encountered a problem and I don't know how to fix it, or I don't know how to set this up or set that up. Are you all available for ongoing support for us and for our clients? And kind of, is that included or is that a separate fee or how does that work? That's included. So all of our partners will be assigned to a channel sales executive for assistance. And then the lovely Sherry was helping answering questions today. She's actually our sales engineer, so you'll have access to her as well. See, I think that's a great resource for us because, you know, it is daunting. And like Dan said earlier, you know, wow, my head's exploding. It, it's, it seems kind of scary or whatever, but I love that we're not alone. So if this is an area that I want to get into, I don't have to learn it all by myself. You know, I've got you all there to help me and to help my clients and to help it be a success. Um, so I, it just really seems like a win-win and helps alleviate any of that fear and anxiety of getting into this because you know you've got that support and resources available for us. So I think that's awesome. Absolutely. And we're excited to help you out. Well, like I said at the beginning, for some of you that came in late, you know, especially now given our current business environment, now is the best time ever because so many of these small businesses are getting into selling online or they're enhancing that or they're expanding their sales online and things like this that there's never been a better time to really start focusing on this niche and working with e-commerce and expanding your practice um, in the e-commerce area and having somebody to partner with like Webgility I think is just a great option and great opportunity for us. So um, do you have a slide with some of your contact info so how people can get a hold of you? And Dan, I think we had a final poll. Um, so for those of you that are interested and say, yeah, you know, this is something that I would like to branch into, um, you know, let us know so that someone from Webgility can follow up with you. And if you're not interested in that time, that's uh, at this time, that's okay too. Just let us know kind of where you stand on that. And I know we didn't get to all of the questions that people asked. Um, so if you want Webgility to follow up with you, just let us know and uh, put your email in there and things like that. Um, so I think that's great. And somebody says, uh, I think this is awesome, so I was going to share it with you all. Uh, Z says, thank you for this. 23 minutes into this webinar, I was emailing one of my clients about Webgility. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that because that's such the case. These clients may have started using this app and this app and this app, and it's all a discombobulated mess. And you know, bringing Webgility in to streamline that tech stack and that workflow can just make everything so much better. So I like to hear that. Oop. Does it, and some people ask this, this question, does it work with uh, global versions of, of QuickBooks Online or is it only U.S. or is it um, Very good specific? question. Yeah, 
we uh which we then, did like, actually which then leads to um like multi-currency and things like that yeah yeah well and that's uh something i didn't touch on you know as you can tell i was trying my hardest to get through uh quite a bit of information and there's so much more <laughs> uh but yes that's one of those things that's in the so much more is we absolutely support multi-currency for you know, sort of uh, pretty much any country that you can expect or think of there. As far as versions of QuickBooks, we support all of the uh, the U.S. or sorry, the U.S. the English speaking uh, versions of QuickBooks. So uh, we've added the support for uh, QuickBooks Canada, um, QuickBooks UK, and QuickBooks Australia. Yes, uh, and for those of you that that like me were twenty minutes in, just overwhelmed with <laughs> with just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, yeah, we'll have the the recording of this uh, by the end of the day uh, on our YouTube channel uh, available, so that you can rewatch it. Um, and you guys are actually going to be on uh, the Happy Hour a little bit later, so um, <laughs> so you may want to just watch it again <laughs> and and funnel those questions that weren't answered. <laughs> Yes, yeah, because you guys really, I, unfortunately, you know, in the short amount of time we have, you really just, like Dan said, touched the top of the, the just briefly, and it's just amazing how powerful it is and what a great what, uh, app it is um, for the e-commerce area. Thanks. So we are, uh, was there anything else you guys needed to, to share before we, before we close out? Because we are at the, the top of the hour. Some people may need to, to log off. Uh, it's certainly fine, but uh, if you guys can stick around for a little bit, maybe we can talk about some of these questions. Or uh, did you have anything that you wanted to uh, kind of review or as we come in for a landing? I'm happy to answer some questions or anything. Yeah. I wanted to, um, I think Linda had a question really quick I wanted to address. It's okay if you don't currently have a bill.com account for receiving payments from us. Um, that during that first commission that we, we build for you, you'll get a link to uh, get your, your payment stuff set up. So don't worry about having to have that done in advance. There was a, there was a question just about the, the import process within Webgility. Um, to clarify the, all of the sales channels, all the things that we connect to that standard process that we're talking about absolutely can be automated. Um, on the, the higher plans, we can automate at a much faster rate if, they're, if you want to do much faster syncing. On the lower plans, it's typically a daily sync if you're, t if you're thinking about doing like a daily journal entry um, or a daily transaction. But yes, that import process definitely can be uh, automated. The only import process that's manual is if you have some kind of store that doesn't connect to Webgility, you can still import a CSV into it, yeah. Can that be um, can that be imported automatically, or do you still need to initiate that uh, manually on on your end about bringing it into Webgility? You typically would still need to initiate that manually. There is sort of a very technically nuanced way where you can get it to do it automatically from a folder with sort of a customization there. But yes, you can you can more or less uh, expect to just be putting that into the software every day, kind of uploading it once a day or something. Yeah. Gotcha. And on another note, Erica, a um, couple of things. Could you, you had mentioned that people could email you. Would you like to share your email address um, maybe in the chat there? And yeah. also people are loving on your chair. <laughs> <laughs> it is a pretty great chair. It's pretty comfy. And then Erica, I know you mentioned that um, 
you help people learn, you know, how to sell it and things like that. So Kimberly would like to know, do we get a test file for demos, like for future sales? So if we're talking to clients and stuff, do you have a practice or a demo file that people use where they can show their clients how it would work and stuff? Or so, do you all, like, could we set up a three-way call or a, a Zoom conference with you all to help us demo it for our clients? Absolutely. That is a great question. Um, there's a couple ways we can do this. I can get you guys set up with your own demo account. Um, the one thing that I can't get you, of course, would be a demo account for QuickBooks or a sales channel. Um, I have some recommendations on getting those set up, but I wouldn't be able to set up those pieces for you. However, myself, um, my sales executives and Sheree can all also help you out with demos. Yes. And Erica, I might just add on that, on, on needing a, a demo account for QuickBooks, what people can do actually, if they're using QBO, let's say, go set up a free 30-day trial at QuickBooks.com. They can create something like Rewind, create a backup of their client's QuickBooks company, restore that to that sample file, and now you have a testing company that you could hook up with the WebGility testing or just set up a free QBO subscription to use with the sample company from WebGility. So yeah, that's a way people could do some of that testing. Absolutely. Awesome. Um, yeah, I want to, I think we will just um, <laughs> come in off of that. I mean, that, <laughs> close it out with that. I mean, you can always reach out um, to, to Erica at, at, at WebGility and just start the conversation um, because Again, I think what we talked about here today was just a tip <laughs> of of the ocean that you could find yourself uh, almost drowning right. into. But it, I think it's great that uh, you guys at WebGility already have the, the the knowledge, the resources, and the system in place to to throw somebody a life raft. <laughs> right, uh, so and I, definitely. I would just like to remind people too: go go to webgility.com and check out their case studies. Um, it'll give you ideas of the types of clients and the types of situations and setups and things like that. That's a great thing. And then also, don't forget, Dan and I mentioned earlier in this webinar, and the slides have links to the niche nuances that we did on e-commerce, to the point of sale that we did with Will English and niche nuance, to the Avalara webinar we did talking about sales taxes and e-commerce. Um, in, in addition to this. Um, so lots of great resources out there for those of you that want to delve into this and, and learn more and start specializing in this area. Right. Well, thank you all for joining us today, Erica and Colin. Great demo uh, and great information and uh, super educational uh, for, for all of uh, us as well as, as well as our audience and uh, really appreciate you coming on and, you know, you may need to come back just to re-explain some of these <laughs> things. Sounds <laughs> That's good. Right. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. All right. You guys have a great day, and we'll see you next time. We hope you enjoyed listening to the QB Power Hour podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to ask them in our Facebook group. You can find those resources and much more at qbpowerhour.com.